God brings him his wife. He names his wife. Uh, we see that in, in Genesis chapter 3. He names her. But then we see what happens in that as that she surrenders the authority that God has given her, and he surrenders the authority that God has given him to Satan. And so at that point, you see this authority that God had given Adam and Eve, and he surrenders that to Satan. Instead of listening to God's word and letting God's word bring life, what happens is that he listens to satanic words. And that begins to bring destruction and begins to bring a curse. And so I was kind of just musing on this. Since God brought forth life, and it's by the power of his word, then the power of confession brings life to any circumstance. And that's what I want to talk about today. How do we really flesh out our life with Christ? What is this power of confession? I'm not talking about just repentance, though we're going to talk about that today. And, and, and so Charles Capps writes, Adam gave man's authority over to Satan, but Jesus got that back. And that's the good news. 1 Corinthians 15 says it like this. This is all an intro before we pray. I want you to see what happens, what Scripture teaches. Verse 45 of 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection chapter, one of the greatest chapters in all of 1 Corinthians. Thus it is written, the first Adam, that is the little Adam that came, that God created in Genesis 1, in Genesis 2 we see his authority, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The first man was from the earth, Adam, right? Adust, earth, right? That's what his name means. A man of dust. The New Testament put it this way for us. You know, we're a mist of vapor. That's how fast life can go for us. The second man is from heaven, right? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And the Word became flesh, John 1.14, and dwelt among us. So there's, again, he came from heaven. The Word of God became a person of God in the sense of on earth so that he could redeem all of us and create this new kingdom. Verse 48, as was the man of dust, so also are those who are of dust. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Now, wait a minute. Let's stop there for a moment. The power of confession. You and I in our Christian lives, the reason why we can have something so powerful that changes us is because we have all that heaven has to offer right now. Scripture does not lie. God has given us the Holy Spirit, and that's where we're going today. So when Adesha was praying over me, and she's talking about the Holy Spirit, that's exactly where we're going. The power of confession is that the Holy Spirit has to do something with us. We cannot walk the Christian life without the power and the authority and the presence of the Holy Spirit. God knew we couldn't do it. So he gives us the Holy Spirit. And I sense that the Holy Spirit is the one thing and I'm going to talk about the universal church. It's the one thing that if we can grab a hold of as the people of God, can you imagine the authority we can walk in with the Holy Spirit? Can you imagine what people would sense around you and how, what they would feel about you and how God would change the atmosphere? He would shift the atmosphere as you and I are called to these circumstances. We're called to places, Ezekiel 22:30. I look for someone to stand before the Lord, right, before the Lord to stand in the gap, and there was no one. 
God, it's all a foreshadowing. Ezekiel was talking about in exile, right? But God sent Jesus. And then what do we do as believers? Luke 9, 23, if any man would come after me, he must what, saints? Deny himself, take up his, I didn't hear you, take up his what? Daily. And so God is going to send you and I to a job, to a place. This is how it works in the kingdom of God. This is the economy of the kingdom of God. He takes us to places where people do not know his kingdom. But we, who are of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, walk into places that are under the authority of Satan. Are y'all tracking me? This is some good stuff. And we take it, like I said last week, we take our cross into the midst of chaos. The idea of Genesis 1, the spirit was hovering over the waters, right? And the earth was formless and void, this chaotic. And we take our cross, and what do we do? We walk into the jobs, we walk into relationships, we get radically saved. You walk back into your parents' house, you walk up back into your grandchildren's house, you walk into any category, any situation, and you lay down that cross in the midst of sinking sand, and the rock is so big that we stand on that there's no quicksand that can take away the rock of Jesus Christ. Are y'all tracking me? How do I know why I said sand? Because in Matthew 7 it says, some people build their house on sand. And some people build their house on Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He holds all things together. Colossians 1, in him he holds all things together. Marriages don't make it, families don't make it, friends don't make it, siblings don't make it, sweet mates don't make it, roommates don't make it. Bosses don't make it. Coworkers don't make it together without Jesus Christ. And you say, but John, I work with people that are so divided, and that's why you're still there. Woohoo! Aren't you excited? You're like, no. No, I'm not excited, John. You're right. Your flesh says, run. Your flesh says, get out. But then the Spirit of God, who's the glue of all things, keeps us in that. Are y'all tracking where I'm going? And we stand on the cross, and when we stand on the cross, we put our light on a hill that people may see our good works. Remember this in Matthew 5, 16? That they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in, woo! So God is in heaven, and we stand on the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood that is thicker and greater, and we stand on that cross. That is why you take your cross, because you can't go without it. You can't go anywhere without Jesus. The reason why we take the cross is we stand on the gospel and the promises of God and the Holy Spirit, the supernatural presence of God within us. That's what's missing in the Christian life. Is the supernatural presence. People say, I'm just not happy. It's because of the Holy Spirit. He's what's missing. The Bible says in the end times, the love of many will grow what? Cold. That is why people hate each other. That's why you just look, just look at the internet. Look at social media. It's nothing but vitriol. It's awful. There's so many things. I'm not against social media. I like social media. I love bro day. Y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Yeah, hey, Jesus biceps. 
My whole point is social media is fantastic. But what happens, people believe what they read. The reason and what they read is separation. But when we insert, it's interesting to me. I get more likes for bro day than I ever get for liking putting scripture on there. I might get three or four. It's interesting. And so my point being in all this is we have to stand on the gospel of Jesus Christ because God sends us to places. He's going to send you there. And with joy in our heart, we go, and everybody around us is miserable because they're trying to, uh, this is an old song. See, the, some of the people in the room know where I'm going. There's an old song by Loverboy. Does anybody know what I'm saying? Everybody's working for the weekend. Anybody know? Y'all like, John, you middle-aged freak. Well, thank you. I love you too. And so everybody's working for something else. And I don't think I need to work for something else. I just think I need to stand for something else. Oh, that was good. Tweet that. And so this is where we go in the Lord. So 1 Corinthians 15. So also are those who are of heaven. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust. You bear the image of dust. Everything that I lay out on this life without Jesus is of dust. I can't go with it. You can make all your money. And if I get to do your funeral, <laughs> you ain't going bury with nothing. Now, I did request my family that they would, before while I'm in the casket, before they put me in there, that they would send me down the conveyor belt of, of excuse me, of Krispy Kreme. And I want to be glazed when I go in there. But um, I, I did request that. I'm, I'm, I confess to you. I'm, I'm being serious. If I wasn't spiritual, everybody would have a tattoo of like a big, you know, whatever, uh, some type of warrior tattoo and all this. I just want a tattoo of a big donut, but that's my goal in life. So look at 49. Just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven. And that's why we're made in the image of God, because we are spirit creatures. Dogs or not, I know you love your puppy. I, I, I know you love puppy. I know, puppy's great, puppy's there for you. When the world turns away, he or she's right there cuddling next to you. Oh, puppy love, I get it. But I want you to know something. They're not spirit creatures. Now, John, my dog knows me better than other people know me. That scares me. <laughs> that scares me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, that's great. But I'm saying is a spirit, born again spirit, our spirits come alive. There's something inside us that's totally different. And that is why we go into areas, we stand on the cross. There is no sinking sand that the cross cannot recover us from. And we go to the rock that is higher than I, and God lifts us up out of the muck and mire of our jobs and all the places he sends us for the gospel so that the kingdom of heaven can come in. Woo! So I love what John Piper said, Jesus is the new and second Adam, whose ministry will be to create and assemble a new race of humans. That's some, that's some interesting language today. A new race, we're talking about Israel, so don't freak out, who are not marked by Jewishness or non-Jewishness, he says, but by the dove-like character of the Holy Spirit. That is the mark of a Christian, is the mark of the Holy Spirit. If we don't have that mark of the Holy Spirit, well, we better check ourselves. Jesus is the culmination of Israel's history who will bring about an end to exile. People are in exile, and that's why you go to a job that's jacked up, because jobs are jacked up where there's no Jesus. 
Right? Relationships are jacked up. Some of you, your home lives that you grew up in were jacked up where there's no Jesus. This is not a put down on family. This is a showing the need for Jesus. With my family, I consistently jack them up, and Jesus consistently makes them right. Or I consistently jack them up, and Jesus continually lifts them up. Jesus is the new Adam and the new Israel. He succeeds where the old Adam and old Israel failed. He triumphs over the satanic enemy and announces the kingdom of God. What did Jesus say when he shows up his first sermon? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why? Because there's a new king in town. A domain that includes geography as well. My wife this morning, she was having a quiet time, and she said to me, she said, John, Old Testament kind of scares me. She kind of scares me. I'm like, what? I teach the Old Testament. I just got done teaching this semester. I love the Old Testament. She's like, I don't know. I was just reading about this, this, this king's wife and, the, you know, the, the dogs ate her. I said, oh, you're talking about Jezebel. <laughs> yeah, don't name our kids Jezebel. Um, yeah, no, don't do that. And, and I said, well, see what's happening? The reason why the dogs ate her was because they were in the promised land, and the promised land was supposed to be like a second Eden, and even the land was rejecting her. Even the land was rejecting her because she wasn't walking with the Lord. It's just how you read it as a story, the whole picture. you got to read the whole picture. So what happens when the repent for the kingdom of heaven comes at hand? What happens when Jesus shows up? What does he say? Suffering, get out of here. Woo! Oh, your hand's withered? Reach that thing out. Oh, you got leprosy? I'll touch you. Oh, you blind? You cannot see? Hey, there's a new kingdom here because there's a new king. Oh, oh, here comes the funeral, Meyer, and, and there's the dead boy, but guess what? Rise and walk. Oh, you want to take me to a graveyard? There's a new king in town, Lazarus? <laughs> Woo! Come forth. You see, where there's a new king... The flesh doesn't reign. And the wages of sin is what, saints? Death in relationships, death in your de depression, de death towards people speaking negative. The power of confession, power of confession. And that's what happens. Jesus shows up and things change. There's a new kingdom where he reigns and there's always hope. And that's what we bring, power of confession. And so now he says, go into this new dominion. This is my land. This is my property. And as Kirk Franklin, the old version would say, GP, are, we, are you with me? God's people. That's from a guy with a master's over there. You see, what happens is, is that when we're with God, God begins to bring in a new king, a new domain. And that's why Abraham Kuyper said, and we've said it a thousand times. You've heard Nick Ballinger say it. But we say it over and over so you hope you get it, that there's not one square inch on planet earth on where the risen Christ does not say, mine, and I own it. Or as scripture would say, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Matthew chapter 3. Let's go ahead and pray and ask the Lord to open our eyes. Father, in the name of Jesus, we don't want to come, I don't want to come with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the spirit of power. So that everybody in this room, that their faith would not rest on human wisdom, but on the spirit and the power. Lord, who are we without the Holy Spirit? So, Lord, I ask you. You said in, in Ephesians chapter 5, do not be drunk with, with wine, which leads to debauchery, unsaved acts. But be filled with the Holy Spirit, a continual filling. 
Lord, you know I'm not here promoting a second baptism. What I'm promoting, Lord, is a new, is a life-giving spirit alive where we surrender to the voice and the power of the Holy Spirit because your word always produces power. I'm praying, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would move afresh in us. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would bring life to things that the enemy is trying to call death. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would give us such strength that whatever we walk in, whatever family, career, friends, singleness, it doesn't matter. We walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and our heads are lifted up high because our eyes are looking to the hills. From whence cometh our help? Our help cometh from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. So, Lord, we pray today that you continue to create in us that pure heart. Continue to write your word in our heart, that you would take out these heart of stone and give us that heart of flesh that's moldable, makeable, and that your word would be living and active, alive in us, Lord, because the Holy Spirit is working and reminding us of the very words of Jesus. God, speak to us. Your servants are listening because you are the one who could do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. You are the one who is able to keep us from falling and to make a stand. You are the one that death could not hold down. There is no other enemy you have not defeated. And so we call upon the name of the Lord, and we walk into the strong tower. We walk under the shadow of his wings. We run into him because the righteous are protected and are kept and our strength. And we love you, Lord, and we praise you and exalt you, and our lives are, are here to lift up the name of Jesus. So, Lord, we need you as a church family. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, and all God's people said what? Matthew chapter 3. So here we go. Here's, here's kind of the whole idea today. Jesus transforms. Here's the main idea. If you're taking notes, here's the main idea. Jesus transforms my confession of repentance into a confession of his righteousness. And if we can grab a hold of that, I promise you, when you pray, when you begin to speak into a friend, you can begin to speak into someone you're discipling, when you can speak into a marriage or a job, when you speak the confession of righteousness, it absolutely changes everything. I promise you, God has been changing my prayer life for the last three weeks. He has changed, and I'm telling you, I am telling you, there are moments I slip. There are moments I speak language that is divisive. There's moments I speak languages of death. But I want to tell you what God has been doing in my heart. He's been teaching me how to pray. He's been teaching me to pray what he says and to hold on what he says. So today, Jesus, the gospel, transforms my confession of repentance. Oh God, forgive me. Oh God, I'm sorry. And instead of sitting here wailing in my repentance, I need to be wailing in his righteousness. Y'all ain't hearing me today. Are y'all loose today or what? Or y'all just tired? Woo, eat a donut. You'll be all right. Isaiah, excuse me, Matthew chapter 3. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. Then he quotes Isaiah chapter 40, one of the greatest chapters in all of Isaiah. Turn, it turns it all around. A voice of one calling in the wilderness Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Woo! I'm digging John the Baptist. Verse 4. 
John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. Now listen, I just want to stop there and say something, that, that God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He wasn't looking like a hipster. Now, there's nothing wrong with looking like a hipster. Y'all know what I'm saying? I don't wear tight jeans because I don't want to be a busted can of biscuits. But I'm just telling you that I'm just, I'm just being real. You look at John, he would not look like you, the forerunner, the Elijah, if you will, for Jesus. But I'm telling you, when the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit came on him in the womb. There's a difference between John the Baptist and Jesus. Holy Spirit came on John the Baptist in the womb. But the Holy Spirit came on Mary at conception. When the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and I, everything changes. Your life will change. The way you become aggressive for the Lord changes. And you won't move in places of fear. You will move in places of faith. Telling you, the Holy Spirit's been changing. My prayer life is no longer, I don't get on my knees and say, oh God, forgive me if I've sinned. I have sinned. And I sin consistently. But here's what I know, that my relationship with Jesus is not based on whether I'm good or bad. My relationship with Jesus is based on him. And my salvation changes. So my prayer life is this. God, I confess this is what you say about me. My repentance is, I'm going to turn from what I want to say and turn to what you say. And I know, God, that the weapons will be formed, but they will not prosper. I don't care what goes on in my work. I care that Jesus is heard. I'm just sick and tired of discipleship, people. Hey, John, that's not scriptural. You're just not scriptural. The Bible says, go make disciples of all ethne. I want to say, good job for knowing scripture. But I am sick and tired of watching people say I disciple and they ain't led nobody to Jesus. But I have watched people lead people to Jesus and they know how to disciple. I am ready. I want to be like this guy. I don't want my head cut off. Now, come on, let's get real. People went out to meet him, verse 5. People went out to him from Jerusalem and Judea, the whole region of the Jordan, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. This is a baptism of repentance. But when, I love this in verse 7, when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to him. I mean, these, these are the religious elite that were whitewashed tombs that weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, you can do great works and still be dead. But if you're alive, you will do great works. Coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, sounds like Jesus, didn't it? Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with what? Repentance. Because repentance is this idea of this change where we start confessing who Jesus is and Lord over our situation. Instead of, instead of gazing at the problem, I gaze at the problem solver. I might glance at my problem, but I gaze at Jesus. People went out, I love this, verse 5, people went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan confessing their sins. Verse 7, but when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Verse 8, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And this are all these people coming to him. And do not think 
you can say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. Well, I was baptized when I was 10 years old, John. And great. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham, which tells me something, that if God can take dust, he can use a rock. And I, yeah, I just want you all to know, sometimes when I was growing up, I was called thick-headed. I've, I've, I've thought of myself, I'm, John, you're just as dumb as a, what? A rock? Well, if God can use a rock, he can use me. So that ought to encourage you a little bit. Verse 10, the axe is already at the root of trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with what, saints? See, when you walk with Jesus, the baptism is the Holy Spirit. Water baptism is a symbol, not a sacrament. Woo! I did not say that baptism wasn't sacred. I just said that baptism doesn't give you any saving grace. Baptism is a flow, a symbol, a wedding ring of my heart change that God did. It is not what makes me right with God. Now, I know the thief on the cross was not baptized. I completely understand that. But I do know that Jesus said, when he said to us to go make disciples of all ethne, baptizing them because it's a symbol and a mark of people that have had a heart change because the Holy Spirit has made them alive. They are alive with the Spirit of God. There's nobody in this room that would get baptized for the right reason unless the Spirit of God did the work. I baptize you with repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. There's a power, there's a burn. His winnowing fork is at hand, and he will be clear, oh, excuse me, he will clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barning, burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Now here's my question. My question is this. If John's baptism was a baptism of repentance, was a baptism because you're repenting from sin, then why did the sinless one be baptized? Fair question, isn't it? Let's think about it for a moment. John the Baptist baptized people because they were confessing their sins. Right? He would say, confess your sins and repent. They were baptized. It's a baptism of repentance. Well, then why, if Jesus is sinless, why did Jesus, why was he baptized? Under a baptism of confession of sin, under a baptism on confession of repentance. Why was the King of kings and Lord of lords, the very word of God who became flesh and dwelt among us, why was he baptized? Look at Matthew 3, uh, verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Why? Because John was the one who needed baptized for sins, not the sinless one. Right? Are y'all tracking me? Does this make sense? So why was Jesus baptized? 
It, it, it wrapped, I mean, it really, it just kind of raptured my heart. And I've been trying to look into this and understand this and surrender to the Holy Spirit because if we can get this, that Jesus Christ was baptized for us, then we'll quit wallowing in our sins of condemnation and start stepping out of saints into doing the glorious work of God. Jesus was baptized for us, not for him. I'll show you. Verse 14. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? Remember, Jesus transforms. What does he do? He transforms my confession of repentance into a confession of his righteousness. Our prayer lives have got to change. Jesus replied, verse 15, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this, to fulfill all what, saints? Oh, you got it. Jesus was baptized for us. John, then if he was baptized for us, then why am I baptized? Great question. We, he was baptized for us so we could be baptized for him. Woo! That was good. Come on, that was free. That was good. Because we're baptized for him. When you're baptized in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, you have said to the world, and what they said in Acts chapter 2 was, hey, 50 days earlier you killed him, but 50 days later you can kill me. It's a death wish. In the time of Acts, people say, well, there was no church membership in Acts chapter 2. Oh, lottie dottie, we like to potty. The reason why there was no church membership is because you would die. Step into that. Sign a covenant or sign your life away. I'd rather have people in this church, I'd rather have a hundred of us willing to die for the name of Jesus than 1,000 people to sign a letter. Give me the people that'll die. You're baptized for him. He was baptized for our sins. Bab baptism is not a work that saves anybody. It's a baptism as a symbol that he is our savior. He was baptized in repentance. So our confession has to change. Instead of wallowing, oh God, I cussed today. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, get over yourself. I can hardly get up. Pull a hamstring. He was baptized for us because we can't fulfill righteousness, but he can. 2 Corinthians 5 21, I quote it every week, so you'll memorize it. Why do I say it every week? So you'll memorize it. Why do I say it all the time? So somehow, some way, by osmosis, the Holy Spirit will use it in your, in your life. He who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the... <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Never mind, Michael Jackson. Acts 19. I'll show you. Acts 19, verses 4 and 5. Acts 19 says this. Paul said, whoa, bring the noise. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of what, saints? 
Then why was Jesus baptized? He's baptized for us so we can baptize for him. And people say, well, I struggle to get baptized. Really? Then you struggle with Jesus. Let's go to call it like it is. I'm going to tell you something. You might be saved, but by the skin of your teeth. Well, I was sprinkled and, you know, I was this. And you know what that is? That's called a parental dedication. Well, it was a foreshadowing that I was going to come to Christ. You didn't come to Christ. He came to you. Let's be biblical instead of being church. Let's preach Jesus instead of preaching covenant, church covenant. He came to us. He was baptized for us. He had fulfilled righteousness because John Davis can't do anything right. Right? And my family says, amen, I will, Christian cuss. I don't even know what that means. Some of you are like, he said cuss. Yes, I'm righteous because of Jesus. All right, here we go. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one, what, saints? Coming after him. When you got saved, J.D. Rice, when you got saved, you got the Holy Spirit. But you inside have got to surrender your mouth, your voice, your will, and your way to him. Because here's what I know. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Can we, all right, Ephesians 4.30, let me Jesus juke. Do not grieve the spirit of God with whom you are what? Sealed for the day of redemption. You can't unseal the Holy Spirit. You can't un because you didn't get him anyway. He's God, not just. Jesus was baptized as a fulfillment of righteousness so we could be right. So all my poker chips, man, I had put all my poker chips in the center. I didn't hold anything back. It's all on Jesus. It's all on Jesus. When I die, it's not that I repented of every last sin. When I die, it's because Jesus died for my sins. I have nothing I can give. You say, well, John, it makes it sound so easy to get into heaven. It's easy to get there, but the price was heavy. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is, in Jesus, verse 5. So in hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. They spoke in tongues and prophesied. And I know some of you are freaking out. John's full charismatic. People were baptized in repentance. Repentance. And they had to keep being baptized because they couldn't keep their repentance because they kept sinning. But when you're baptizing the one who was sinless, then we come underneath him as a child of God and we're co-heirs with Christ. And we become sinless because he, our husband, the, the, the groom of the church, was sinless. And those people now baptized in the name of Jesus and the Holy Spirit had come. Now they got to receive the Holy Spirit. You and I cannot walk the Christian. Listen, if Isaac Lawrence, who I, like, I'm going to tell you something, Coach Lowe, you, you're a smart cookie. And I, and I mean like a chocolate chip, the big chocolate chip cookies because I'm a chocolate chip fan. I'm not macadamia nuts. I mean, if you want to throw me some of that, I'll eat it. But I'm a, I'm a Chips Ahoy, soft, you know what I mean? I'm a double stuff type guy if you're going to go a little Oreo, flavor flu, you know what I mean? 
Are y'all not, are y'all not loose today? Did y'all, you, did y'all stay out late? What's going on here, people? It's okay. But I just want to say this. You are tremendously smart, man of God. But the Holy Spirit, I see him working in you. I just want to speak to a moment in your life that if the Holy Spirit, the very God himself, that Jesus said it's good for me to go away so the Holy Spirit can be with us, the president, if you submit all your talents, because you're not a one-talent dude, bro, and you ain't a two-talent. He's a five-talent guy. See, in baseball, they have what they call five-tool players. You know what I'm talking about? Five-tool, five-tool, right? But he's a five-tool, and if he'll surrender that, he'll be a ten-tool. Because what happens, God always doubles what he gives. Right? The two, the two got double. The five got double. The one said, man, I know you to be a hard man. In other words, God, you're mean. If you break that down in Greek, man, you're mean, you're angry, you're this. He saw God as an angry, and that's how the world sees God. He's just an angry God waxing people. No, I see him freeing people. That's what will happen. You'll have double. And you won't have double. And I'm not saying that to, like, blow your head up and lift you up, man. I'm saying that, man, so that you'll get real low, so that Jesus will get real high. What did John the Baptist do? He said, I must decrease so that he'll what? Uh-huh. Come on, y'all with me? Y'all know where we're going? Come on, we at Summit. Pinto beans, cornbread. Somebody bring me some serious yeast rolls with tons of butter. We don't care about back fat, saturated fat, trans fat. It's all for Jesus. I didn't get one amen. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Not one amen. In other words, I love what Piper said here. He makes crystal clear that Jesus does not need this baptism. He does not need to repent. He does not need to confess sins. So why am I here? Why was Jesus baptized? Because Jesus saw his life, life as a fulfillment of righteousness. And the fact that participating in baptism or repentance, even though he had no sins, I love what he said, to repent of is a part that shows that the righteousness he wanted to fulfill was the righteousness not required of himself, but every sinful man. And so what happens? Now we're not baptized for, because of our sins to get righteous. We're baptized under his righteousness, and because of his righteousness, we get the Holy Spirit. You want to know what the mark of a Christian is? The mark of a Christian is the Holy Spirit. And our prayer life changes from a power of confession to a power to a confession of righteousness. And so we begin to pray and transform people, and we speak life into them. We speak with the righteous life of God. So when you pray and you're in a bad situation, pray. Pray this. God, I ask for your favor from fill in the blank. Sounds like a selfish prayer. Sounds like a biblical prayer to me. Because when you have the favor of God, you're putting the cross in the muck and mire that Satan says is his domain. It is not his domain. He's a liar. And we stand on the cross. And we say, we're not going to do it this way. We're going to do it God's way. Isaiah 53, 11, check this out. This is so good. Listen to this. Out of the anguish of his soul. This is the chapter. Remember the suffering servant? This is foreshadowed what Jesus was going to do on the cross, what, all the pain and the suffering. Look at verse 11. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, this is what God says, my servant, talking about Jesus, make many 
to be accounted what saints? Righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. Jesus' baptism was to fulfill our lack of unrighteous righteousness so we could have his. It's given to us. Philippians 3 says it like this in verse 8. It says, more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of some things. What, what, what is it? Yeah, yeah, see, I have, to, I have to let go of my wife so I can have a wife. Yeah, I want to give you a word. If you let go of your career, that's when you find one. If you let go of your children, that's when you, you say, what do you mean let go? What I mean is instead of controlling them, let the Spirit control you. Let the Spirit control me. And here's what's going to happen. There's going to be a real shift. And if you think there was a gap between if your children were kind of following the world and you now, think about what it's going to be more when you're walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. But here's what's great. You can walk with your head held up high because greater is he that is you're going to walk in victory because I'm going to tell you there ain't nothing your kid is going to say that can come at the name of Jesus. If Goliath had to fall, how much more does everybody else? And he fell at David. <laughs> he didn't fall at Jesus. Am I a dog that you come with me at fleas? That's what the world thinks of us. That's what Goliath said to David. I'm big. You're small. In fact, you're small that you're just like a flea to me. And what do fleas bring to disease and nothing? I can smash you and kill you, pluck you away into utter destruction. But King David, he might have been short, but he was tall in Jesus. And he says, I come with you in the name of the Lord. I'm going to tell you, when you bring Jesus in, you win. It might be a struggle, but you will not lose the war. And if they don't want to repent, God will take you out of your job. They don't want to repent, God will, God will move you before he brings judgment on them. Come on, I know what I'm talking about. And it will hurt and you'll be like, I feel like a failure. No, you just got saved. Not saved for salvation, but saved from something that's coming. Look what he says, I count all things as the loss, right? Whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them rubbish so that I may gain Christ and may be found in him. Look what he says about righteousness. Not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in who, saints? The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. All my poker chips are on Jesus Christ. He is either righteous, and I am because of him, or I'm going to bust hell wide open. And God's word doesn't return void. God's word is flawless. Proverbs 30, verse 5, every word of the Lord is tested. So I am saved just like you are. Prayer life has got to change. Speak over your children. Speak, and they're going to run. Children, speak over somebody, your family. Your friend, they're going to run. They don't even have to be there for you to speak over them. Why? Because God is everywhere when you're not. This is so powerful. All the righteousness that would, that would be required of men before the court of God, Piper said. 
Jesus performed. And so he joined fallen humanity for whom he was providing righteousness and sharing their baptism. And so what does Matthew 3, 2 say? It says, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. So today, we get ready to land this in just a minute, a couple minutes. But I'm going to ask you to, to do something in confession today. I wish we had, I told him, I said, well, you know, we rent this facility. I, I wish we had a big old, uh, uh, you know, Kevin, I was going to, I wasn't going to do this, but I told the worship team backstage. Actually, it's David Dyer and Hayden's fault. It's their, I'm going to bear false witness. It's their fault because what I wanted to do was have a big baptismal right here. And I think Hayden was the one who came up with the idea is have a big baptismal and everybody who wanted to be baptized could stand in front and I'd do a can opener and the, and the water that goes on them. <laughs> Sprinkle of Jesus, right? That was their idea. Um, I thought it was great, but then if we got water on the carpet, I'd be called in on Monday, and it's like, hey, where's like the $30,000 to pay for the carpet? I'm like, uh, call Kevin Chafin. All right, here we go. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. But I'm asking today for us to confess his righteousness. What do I mean by that? Is I mean, when we come forward and we pray for our friends and our family, we as a church, if we're not a praying, much prayer, much power, Little prayer, well, I just can't get my spouse to pray with me. It don't matter. It's not who you're praying with, it's who you're praying. Oh, somebody, fire. Mm -mm -mm. I wish we had a disco ball when I drop, like, drop a big thing and drop a disco ball. Y'all be like, whoo. Be like John Travolta out there. Y'all don't even know about the 70s. Some people here, I say, I don't even remember the 70s when I went through it. Okay, here we go. That's why Jesus is your righteousness. But we confess his righteousness, so we begin to speak his righteousness. And what does that mean? I want to say this. That, that is why his baptism. So go back to with me in verse 2. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And this is what I would like for us to confess today. This is what I would like to pray for and, and, and proclaim and call upon the promises of God. Look what he says. This is what happens when you and I go into your relationship. You two go into that relationship. David, you get married. You're into that relationship. You and your fiance will preach Matthew 3, 3. We will preach this. This is one of our preaching verses. This is who was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Then he quotes Isaiah 40. Remember I told you, go to that chapter. Try to memorize it. Do something with it. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. I love this idea of what is a voice. Uh, he, said, uh, he said a voice, not Woo. Not the voice. See, I'm a voice. I'm not the, well, John, there's just so many sinners in the church. I don't see you as a sinner. I see you as a saint. See, when, when, when Christians sin, all I can see is the greatness of Jesus. Y'all not hearing me. And so that's why he said, therefore, there's no condemnation. But we walk around in condemnation when Jesus already set us free. You can come up here and just play with me, man. I got to, we got to shift this. We're the voice. We are a voice, not the voice. Why? Because Psalm 29.9, can you throw that up there for me? I want you to see we are a voice of one calling in the wilderness. We're not the voice. Look what he says in Psalm 29.9 when he throws it up there. You'll see that we are just a repetitive voice of the one who is the voice. It's not up there, sorry. But I'll read it. 
says, the voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare, and in his temple all cry glory. The voice. We're just a voice. We're not the ones that are people are looking to. We're the ones who are people are hearing to look to. We're just pointing. But we're a voice calling in the wilderness. The Lord was speaking to me, what's in the wilderness? In the wilderness, it can be chaotic. That's where we're going. That's where God sends us. God's not going to send you to safe places, saints. The safe place is in the arms of Christ. It's not in your bank account. It's not in the arms of your spouse. I'm not saying that God didn't give your spouse. Hear me now. Don't be like, what's he saying? I just want you to love Jesus more than you love your family. I don't want your children to be idols. I want them to be blessings. God, that's good. But what is in the wilderness? The Lord was showing me. Wilderness is not cultivated. Wilderness has weeds and things running over because the children of God, the sons of God, that would be us, daughters and sons, have not stood up in the place that God's called us. We're just a voice. Who are we? Who is John? I'm a nobody trying to tell everybody about the somebody. Nahum 1.5 says, the mountains quake before him and the hills melt away. The earth trembles at his presence. The world and all who live in it. Listen, people tremble at the name of Jesus. They might try to throw off shade like they're big and bad, but inside I want to tell you, night when darkness falls, there's only one who is over the night. People creep at night. God is over the night. The wilderness can be chaotic, not cultivated. Certain things run over. But somebody's got to be a voice. And so confess today that God, your voice is greater than everything. Though I'm hearing, I'm hearing, God, I'm hearing inside. I might not be pretty. God, I might not hear that I don't have much. Listen, I want you to know that I've been telling one person. Some of you in this room know this person. I'm not going to say their name. I've been telling this one person, hold on, you're going through something bad. Hold on, you're going through something bad. And they're like, I'm trying to hold on, but I'm struggling. I said, God can change it in a moment. And I want to tell you something, God might be changing that person's moment. Because the person that was against them, now somebody's come against them. Woo-hoo! But you got to stand. Stand with the sword of the Word of God. You know what the, the Word of God gives you? It gives you confidence that you got a weapon. But if you don't know the Word of God, you got no confidence. Because the Word brings power. It's living and active. So there he goes. So we want to cry out, God, be that voice, be the voice. Today, when you're praying, be the voice for your family. I don't care if you're the only person. You're not the only person because you got the one who is the greatest one with you. And God sometimes puts us in places we're the only ones. There might be a day that Coach Lawrence is on a staff. He's the only one, or Coach Ray, the only one. 
You might go into a place, you're the only one in your dorm room, or you're the only one at your job, or maybe you're the only one in your sweet family. But you can speak righteousness to them. You can speak blessing to them. Because Jesus took the curse for us, he'll do it for them. He said, but John, they'll never bow the knee. Here's what I want you to know. Just because you don't think they won't ever, doesn't mean that you should act like it's going to be ever. Then you cry out. Prepare the way of the Lord. That means that we make ready, provide. We provide. That's why, that's why we tithe, right? We provide ways. What do we provide? The way of the Lord, right? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. There is a way of the Lord. I want to read you something. Some of you already know it. Isaiah 30, 21. Listen, there is a way. Prepare. That means get in the way of the Lord, the path of the Lord, and start working for God. Prepare in your prayer life. Prepare in your study in your quiet time with God. Prepare at your job. Prepare as you serve and give. If our cup doesn't runneth over in the love of God, we will run out of love for others. Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. So what's our what's our what's our walking point? What's what do we walk away with? Because of the baptism of Jesus and his death on the cross and the shedding of his blood, and because God affirmed everything he did by the resurrection to show that there's no, that his, he's greater than this world because anything in this world has to die. Plants die, animals die, people die, everything's dying. Sun is going from hydrogen, I mean to helium, hydrogen to helium. That's why it's expanding. Everything is dying. But the kingdom of God reverses the curse. And we prepare the way of the Lord. We make paths straight. And so ask God today, God, I confess you will make my path straight. I confess that you're greater than everything. I confess that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. I confess that you are mighty and holy. I confess that you are just and righteous. I confess that that's over me. I confess that you love me. You're not going to give up on me. That you love me, God. You're not going to forgive me. You're not going to go away from me. You're not going to be mean to me. You're not angry with me. God is on my side. God is in me now, Charles Cap said. Who can be against me. He has given unto me all things that pertained unto life and godliness. Therefore, I'm a partaker of his divine nature. Start confessing the word of God. I am a believer, and these signs do follow me. Jesus gave me the authority to use his name. Confess that. Instead of asking, God, will you move? Say, God, I confess you will move. Confess his righteousness instead of confessing all the time our transgression. Listen, I'm not saying you confess your sin. Do you confess your sins to one another? We confess our sins to God, but that's what steps in and say, God, you're great. Confess his power. Instead of focusing on a weakness, focus on his power. Who needs that today? Who just needs to come and spend time with him? God, I confess that I'm complete in you. He said, who is the head of all principality and power? Confess that. For I'm his workmanship. I'll tell you what. I'll show you. 
uh, where are the graduates? There's some graduates. Come on, can, can I bother y'all? I just, everybody got real nervous in here. They graduated. They're like, I don't do public. It's okay. There's not many of us. Come on. Can I have y'all come up here for a second? I want to pray over y'all. Where's the elders? I want to pray. I want to, I want to demonstrate. Miss Penny, you want to come up here? Can you come up here too? I see you going to the prayer room. But you, you're an incredible woman of God. You can pray paint off a wall. Come on up here, the ones that graduated. Come on. I love y'all, by the way. You know that. We want to pray over you, but I want to pray. No, come on up here on stage. Yeah, I like y'all up here. Zach, congratulations on your award. So, I mean, everybody got all these big, big come on up here. Come on up here. Sonny, come on up here. Y'all come on up here. Okay. Um, these are the elders, but this is, you have Miss Penny. Miss Penny is the real saint of God. She's in the prayer room out front. Y'all need, I'm, I promise you, this sweet woman who's been a missionary all over the world, her husband's a tremendous man of God. She is, she can pray everything. All right, so Mary Beth, you know, she graduated graphic design. She's married to Zach. We found out that we're related. Zach is accepted to med school at Virginia Tech. Pretty good. Allie, almost, like, she's a better, don't tell your, don't, is your mom, she's down there, right? She's downstairs, so she won't hear this. You're better teaching than her and all that. And, okay, your dad's going to kill me for saying, if you tell her, um, I will not I will lie. Look at Andrew. We're Andrew's family. Where's Andrew's family? All the way from Indiana. I love y'all. Praise God. Santa Claus, Indiana. It's real. It's real. Incredible. All the way from Indiana. Look at, look at Coach Isaac Lorenz. About ready to have a baby. Hey, JD's on the way. Uh, we told them to keep having children so we can recruit them for the football team. Yeah. Sonny played quarterback for some of tremendous men of God. Uh, Nick, you, you graduated too. Oh, you're going to. You just D's equal diploma. I'm kidding. Uh, no, so Nick, Nick's getting ready to graduate, but masters, undergrad, they're all great. But y'all can lay your hands on. I want to say some stuff over y'all. Can I do that as a demonstration for them? Nice haircut, too, by the way, Sonny. That's got to be Hanan. All right, let's pray for them. Father, in the name of Jesus, as everybody's touching them, putting their hands on them, Lord, this is what we confess. We confess that they are complete in Jesus. We confess in Jesus. He's the head of all principality and power. And that, Lord, they go in his name, that there is no earthly power, no teacher, no coach, nobody over them that has power that God has not given. We confess they are your workmanship, God, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has before ordained that they should walk therein. We confess, God, that you created the universe and you use methods which you have put into motion. And that means you have put them in motion and put the words in their mouth. God, you release faith. We pray over them that you release tremendous faith by your words into them and by the words that you've given them that they will speak and mountains will be moved, that lives will be changed because they will stand on the righteous. We confess that whatever has happened to them that might be bad, God, you can change their heart and use it for good. We confess, God, that they are leaders and not followers. We confess that all their past has been washed away in the blood of Jesus and that you are making all things new. We confess, God, that you put people in positions of authority and that they will use them in mighty ways. We confess that you have known them before. You formed them in the womb and you have great and mighty plans for them. We confess that, God, you have called them to step in the lives of brokenness and to help even the little ones that come before. We confess that you are Lord. We confess the word of God conceived in the human spirit that you formed our tongue. 
What is man that you are mindful of him, but you love us? You made our mouths. You made our ears. We confess that you are powerful. We confess that you are righteous. We confess that we are delivered from the power of darkness. And we're translating to the kingdom of your son. We confess that we are born of God. We confess that they have overcoming faith residing in them. For greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. We confess that they've learned to be content in all things. We confess that they can do all things through Jesus. We confess that the joy of the Lord is their strength. The Lord is the strength of their life. We confess peace over them, Lord, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. We confess that they will speak the truth of the word of God in love and that they will grow up into the things of Jesus. We will confess that no corrupt communication proceed from their mouth, but that which is good and edifying, Lord, that will minister grace to the hearer. We confess that they will not grieve, and when they do, you will speak. But we confess that your sealing is greater than our grieving. We confess that they are not going to be anxious, but they will focus on Jesus. And we confess that the word of God will not depart from us because you will never leave us or forsake us. We confess, God, that you will use them in a mighty way. We confess blessings over them. We confess the truth of Jesus over them. We confess that you have created them for such a time as this, and this is their Esther moment. They will have to stand before the king. Some of them will have to go into loans and take great risk, but God, with great risk comes great faith. We confess that you own the cattle on a thousand hills, that whatever loan has to be taken out, it does not matter. You will meet the need. We confess that the Holy Spirit, the presence of God is in them, and you will move mightily in them. We trust you, and we love you. And all God's people said what? Thank you all very much. So I'm going to ask now for you all, will you come? And will you pray? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, for everybody in this room that might need some prayer or somebody to confess over them or with some leaders that will pray over them and love them, Lord, I just want to pray right now. Will you move in a mighty way? Will you speak to everybody in here? Who in here needs to pray and ask God, Lord, I want to confess these promises. Who in here wants to pray for family or friends? Who in here wants to pray for their loved ones? Who in here wants to pray about their future? Who in here wants to pray, God, that you would bring our church to, the, to our knees for you, confessing that you are good, that you are righteous, that you are holy, and that you baptize, you are baptized for our sins so that we can be baptized in your righteousness, so that we are buried with Christ in baptism. Who, Lord, needs prayer in here? Who wants to come forward right now as I'm praying? They don't have to wait. Maybe they want to pray for our youth. Maybe they want to pray for their team. Maybe they want to pray. But, Lord, they'll start confessing your power and your grace. That's how you want us to pray. That's why we can pray, our Father, which is in heaven. Hallowed be your name. We confess who you are. We confess our need for you. We love you, Lord. We trust you. Lord, if there's anyone in here that does not know Jesus, 
I pray they would confess right now who you are. That you died, Jesus, on the cross for their sins. And that, God, you raised him on the third day because we are no match for sin, for all of sin. I pray that we confess that they need a Savior and that Jesus is more powerful than their sin. I confess, Lord, that they would pray that I need to surrender my life to Jesus. God, help them not to walk out of here not knowing you. We love you, Lord. We praise you. In Jesus' name.